Welcome to another edition of Your Life's Work Podcast. I am J.R. Mann, your official spiritual director. How are you? I know it's been freaking forever. Shut up. Relax. Calm down. Uh, big show today before we, you know, just blow the mystery out of the water. We're going to be talking about uh, my, um, what do I call them? I call them the 13 principles of spiritual direction. Because I just feel like, I listen, Spiritual direction can be spiritual direction. Is it, you did you hear that accent from me? From that's Western New York State calling me man backwards. That's what that accent is. Um, I feel like a lot of people again. Spiritual direction as a whole is thousands of years old, carved out in every single wisdom tradition and religion that there is. Number one, we're going to start there. Number two, um, I didn't mean to call that up. Hold, please. Um, number two, it, it, it's a real misunderstood uh, spiritual practice in that it is a practice. A lot of people, uh, particularly American evangelical uh, and American denominational folks, uh, really get, well, not so much the denominational folks, because frankly, the Catholic Church has done a damn good job at uh, ferreting out uh, spiritual directors and making sure that the congregation is touched by spiritual directors some way. But evangelicals, man, you evangelicals have got a long, conscious road ahead of you to really figure out, um, you know, things like pastoral care and what good spiritual direction is. And again, that's that's your deal. I'll let you all freaking do that. Um, for today, uh, we're just going to be talking about my 13 principles of spiritual direction. Other than that, how are you? Are you good? I know it's been a while. Uh, I get uh, occasional uh, clients um, that go, hey, are you podcasting? Um, and I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's various reasons. Do you want them? No, because you don't give a shit at the end of the day, and I don't give a shit either. I, uh, I took some time off from the podcast. That's all there is to it. When You know, I got a big client load. I mean, that's, that's, and that's wonderful. That's a great problem to have. In case you don't know me, my name is JR. I'm a spiritual director. Um, if you want spiritual direction, you can call me, uh, numbers on the website all over at J-R-M-A-H-O-N dot com in case you're, you're wondering. And, uh, if you, if you know me and you haven't experienced any spiritual direction, come on now, tap on the emails, tap on the phone, 619-964-0337. You can, uh, text me there. You can call me directly. And uh, we can set up some sessions. But um, And if you want to know what spiritual direction is, jeremyman.com, wonderful definition uh, on spiritual direction on jeremyman.com. That's a sniff in the microphone because it is December and occasionally a sniff. Hey, how, do, how is everybody doing with the COVID too, by the way? Is everybody getting through the COVID? Uh, it, it, it seemed to me, you know, when we started the COVID uh, march, hell of a lot of trepidation and a hell of a lot of fear. And I feel like people, for the most part, have a lot of uh, uncertainty. But I feel, for the most part, that uh, people are really getting a grip on this now that we can uh, go back outside again. My wife and I, Diane, went to a concert in Columbus, Ohio, a few weeks back. And we had to show them, uh, papers, um, that we were vaccinated and wear a mask for the show. And again, I don't think we mind. I mean, you know, we bitched a little bit about it going into the theater because it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Right. When you're 55, any, any, you know, you go in, you, you, I listen, I, I take that all back. 
for those of you who li- are living in Southern California or have lived in Southern California, like me and my lovely family did for years, going anywhere, like going to the gas station was a pain in the ass. So now that we're in Northeast Ohio, we like we, we live outside of Akron, so we had to drive down to Columbus. And it's an hour 15, hour 20 change, somewhere in there. Drove right to the venue, parked right across the street from the venue. No trap. No, we were like the only ones parking in the garage that we chose. The only ones walking in at the time that we walked in. Uh, sat right down, got a bottle of water, and uh, watched this wonderful show. Over the Rhine. Hey, do you know who Over the Rhine is? It's Over the Rhine. Over the Rhine. R-H-I-N-E. If you don't know who they are, oh my good lord. What are you doing? Uh, cash in on those guys all day long because they're wonderful. Okay, enough of my BS. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing good. I hope to uh, do some consistent podcasting from here forward. I have realized the evils of my ways <laughs> when it comes to not being consistent with the content, and uh, we're gonna be tr- we're gonna try to be consistent with the brand content. Uh, blah 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 blah. Who gives a shit? Okay, let's get into um, spiritual direction. So we'll do a little defining before we get into it because I know, um, you know, a few, uh, you know, there's just a few people. And again, think of this podcast as more of education uh, for spiritual direction. What is spiritual direction? And then the and then my subsequent uh, thirteen principles of spiritual direction. Spiritual direction is the practice of being with people as they deepen their relationship with God. At the end of the day, so right there, it can be super weird for people. When I go to a party, I don't introduce myself to people as a spiritual director. I introduce myself as a guy who runs a nonprofit. Now, if we dig a little deeper for them, I will tell them that I am a spiritual director. But at the end of the day, this conjures all kinds of imagery that, you know, take you into the woods with tie-dye and dancing around naked, a fire and smoking dope and, and uh, you know, doing all kinds of uh, things that most people uh, think are weird. And, 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 and frankly, it, it does. It does. Even, even for me, doing spiritual direction a long time, it still conjures up some, you know, some weird things. But basically, it's the practice of being with people as they deepen, as they deepen, as they deepen their relationship with God. So, um, you know, that's just, you know, that's just the way you got to think about it. God is God. You may name God, her, him, whatever you want to do with that. That's fine. You're not offended. Moi. Uh, that's me, by the way, in another language. Um, but we all have that calling. We all have that inner calling inside of us to really, uh, you know, give and receive love with a higher power, to be loved, to be belonged to by the universe. We all do. We all find our, our hearts, uh, in a, in a, in a deep spot from time to time in the solace of our day, if you will, where we are calling out. And whether that's through prayer, meditation, or a specific religious practice or spiritual practice, we all have that drive, man, in us that's constantly looking up, if you will. Um, we all have a shit show or two in our lives where we turn up, where we turn our face uh, to the sky and go, "Help us! Help us! Help me!" We all have those times when we are thinking beyond. Our, well, I hope I hope we do. I hope I hope we can break away from some of the very self ishness that is in us to break away long enough to discover life, energy, and love beyond just us, flesh and blood. So uh, I call uh, spiritual direction, and it is, it is. Spiritual direction as a whole is the oldest, the world's oldest methodology for healing the soul. 
and for giving way to true self. And true self, real easily explained, is a sense of self-centered, is a sense of yourself centered in love, not fear. Let me do it again. Because I, you know, you people, I get it. You'll write me. True self, real quick, is a sense of self centered in love and not in fear. So when you're firing in, in, in false self stuff, man, you're firing in the chaos of fear. When you're firing in the true self, you're really living in a centered spot of love. In other words, there's an undergirding of your life that has uh, a, real, a real flow of love to it. You're loving yourself, you're loving your community, you're loving divine. One person, this is spiritual direction, one person living intently uh, as another narrates the current season of life. So again, this is where it starts to look like therapy. This is where it starts to look like counseling. This is where it can start looking like psychotherapy, for crying out loud. But, it, but spiritual direction does not have the methodologies um, of, 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 of any of those professions. And in fact, psychology as a whole is, is super young compared to what the practice of spiritual direction is. Now again, I'm not pitting the two together. I'm just telling you, because listen, everybody every now and then needs a counselor with X subject, right? I got plenty of clients that need trauma counseling. I have plenty of counsel, plenty of clients that need, um, you know, a sex therapist. Plenty, plenty of people that need an addiction specialist, right? So I'm not discounting those folks. I'm just telling you that although spiritual direction can look like that in practice, it really does not hold any of the same traditional methodologies and modalities as your typical psychiatry and counseling would. Yes, it's two people hanging out. It could, it could be one per. it could be a spiritual director and a marriage, you know, a couple hanging out. Uh, I've done a uh, spiritual direction uh, with uh, groups, you know, uh, staffs at churches. So, I mean, it can look a, li- a lot of different ways. Basically though, everybody's centered on one thing and that's really intently listening as somebody Right, or some people narrate that current season of life, knowing that God sits at the heart in the center of those words and emotions. Now, again, emotions aren't facts, but we want to know emotions. We want to understand feelings and emotions because a lot of time this is what's driving the train. Not that we want that to happen. Spiritual direction seeks the intimacy of community, giving power to carry each other's burdens. We're reminded at that point of a book. Uh, called Galatians in the New Testament of the uh, Bible, where a guy named Paul writes about that exact thing. The idea that uh, those who are spiritual help those who are not spiritual, right? Help those who are conscious, help those who are unconscious. Those who are awake, helping those who are asleep. And in this way, it gives power to share, carry one another's burdens. And that's what spiritual direction really is, man. It's really a walk um, with another person in, in whatever season that you're climbing through or climbing in. The practice of spiritual direction is, uh, is thousands of years old, claimed by every major religion, like I said, and wisdom tradition. The director goes by many names, guru and sage, anamakara, ooh, what's that? Meaning spiritual friend in Gaelic, guide, priest, witch doctor, shaman, among others, right? Uh, for you Christians out there, uh, the first visible sign of spiritual directors came out of the Desert Fathers and Mothers of Egypt. 
uh, Syria, Palestine in the third and the fourth centuries. So uh, this, you know, a few hundred years after um, Christ is walking the planet, we find a group of folks living in nor- the deserts of northern Africa. And, you know, they're they're basically a very cloistered. This is what would be the beginning of, uh, you know, folks that are like monks. Priests. Right. Um, and these desert fathers uh, hung out uh, very cloistered life. Uh, very isolationist uh, to everybody else as they really contemplated and really understood their relationship with God. Well, people sought them to talk through um, their ish, right? And uh, and that's how it goes. We're all seeking wise people, right? Hopefully, your wisdom person in your life, a mentor, a grandfather, a pastor, a rabbi, an imam, uh, a friend, a, a co-worker, a spouse, a brother, a sister. You get the idea. Um, so people have been connecting and searching that kind of divine love through holy men and women throughout millennia. And, and again, it's every religion, every wisdom tradition. The Buddhists, the Hindus, um, uh, the Muslims, the Jews. I mean, the Jews have got such a wonderful, rich tradition um, with their wise uh, folks. Um you know, all you got to do is hearken back into hearken, hearken back, hearken back, please. Look back into the Old Testament, and you can find a lot of uh, just wise stuff. At the end of the day, we're looking for wisdom, spiritual direction. That's the that's kind of the gas in the tank, wisdom, if you will. What does does somebody make a better spiritual director than another? Well, I mean, that's that's really hard to say. There isn't a, a real scale. Like, you know, I get asked all the time, who's the best spiritual director in the world? And I just, you know, it's a dumb question <laughs> because, again, it applies metrics to a practice that really has to do with the heart. But if we're cutting hairs... Uh, a good spiritual director is going to have a spiritual director. A good spiritual director is going to have a good spiritual practice in their lives, and you're going to be able to see that in some way, right? There's going to be fruit of uh, to their labor. Another wonderful passage in the Bible, uh, written by a guy named John, uh, says, "You'll know them by their love." Right. So I usually tell people, man, if you want to see a great if you want to know a great spiritual director or if you're seeking a good spiritual director, number one, they, they definitely should have uh, their own spiritual director, their own course of wisdom uh, in their lives. But n- number two, you look at the fruit, you know, you, you just you know, you'll know them by their love. You'll know them how your heart is capt- captured and tended to by them. Not that they're just serving your ass so you can be a, so you can, so they're a dumping ground to your shit. That's not it. That's not it. Uh, but there is some tending. I've been with my spiritual director, Cheryl, for nine, ten years, ten years maybe. And she tends to my heart. She, she has become one of the most wonderful friends uh, that, that I have ever, ever had. She, she's a friend. She's a mom. She's a dad to me. She's a mom to me, a dad to me, a friend to me. Um, she loves me, and it's very apparent um, within the way she listens and the way she cares and tends to my soul. Also, the way she kicks my ass, and she would not say that, and she would never use the, that kind of language. We are very, very, very different people. But she does kick my ass in a very uh, you know, gent- genteel Yoda-like way. Oh, the coffee is good this morning. Okay, so that's spiritual direction. 
um, in, a, in, a, in a whole. So then we move to my principles of spiritual direction. And again, it, it, you know, uh, a couple things. People who are called into spiritual direction, generally speaking, are called to, to tend to people's hearts. Uh, pe- people would ask me, you know, is, is there a calling, right? And, and again, I, I don't necessarily want to buy all the calling bullshit, you know, for the record, because I think it does put a burden on us when we go, what's my calling, what's my calling? And you can't figure it out. I can actually sweat you to death. So I tend not to use words like that or tend not to go all in on calling like that. For me, though, man, I've always, I've always tended to people's hearts. I've always wanted to. I've always desired to. I've always moved that way ever since I was a little kid. Since I was a little kid, I, I, I've not remembered a season or period in my life. Even, even, even when I was drinking incredibly uh, alcoholically, and for those of you who don't know, I'm a recovering alcoholic, so I talk about that from time to time. Um, but even when I was drinking crazy, people would still want to, people would still knock on the door and just want to sweat out the issues of the day. So I've always, I've always felt led, if you will, to tend to people's hearts. Um, my personality is such that I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm out there and I, I think people tend to, you know, again, for, you know, for me anyway, me knowing myself, I think people find a real a solace and a real peace and, and a non-judgment with me because they know I'm just as jacked up as everybody else. <laughs> How's that? Oh, Lordy, Lordy. Um, so if you're looking for a person, it's not that you're looking for somebody just like you. Again, you're looking for somebody who tends to the heart. All right, my 13 principles of spiritual direction. So as a spiritual director, if you're, you're, you come calling and you email, you text in and you go, hey, man, let's, let's jump on a 60-minute session and, and just work through some stuff. These are my 13 principles that I hold dear in my practice of spiritual direction with you if you were to come calling. JR. Yes. Can I come in? Absolutely. All right, number one, God is love. God is love. And again, we don't need to look too far. Every major religion, every uh, wisdom tradition out there is not arguing with God is love, <laughs> right? Yes, yes, I hear you. There are some Christians out there. There are some evangelical, uh, you, know, you know, tribes out there and in, 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 in movements that would, that would not come close to the God is love thing. I understand that. Give them mercy and grace. They'll figure it out. But God is love. If you, if you want to know God, you will know love. If you want to know love, you will know God. God has absolutely no ego in the game. So, you know, God doesn't care that you, you call it love or you call it God. It just doesn't. But God is love. And this love permeates every human heart. Every human heart. Not just a few of us. Not just some of us that raised a hand. Not just a few that were led down an aisle, but everyone, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Number two, every human heart longs to be loved. And again, there's a wonderful scripture in the Old Testament. And I'm just trying to think of the book because, well, it'll come to me later. The the scripture, it's what happens when you're 55. The scripture is basically uh, eternity is set in every man's heart. And this is where that number two comes from. Because every human heart does long to be loved. Our hearts are set, attuned to give and receive love. Now again, some of the mechanisms that we take into our life, 
as kids, because this is where it basically starts, are designed to kind of fall away from that in a self-protection mode. So the giving and receiving love stuff scares the hell out of us. But every single human heart longs to be loved. And you can question yourself, and you can ask yourself in a moment of solace, in a moment of honesty, get in the mirror, and don't deny it, because you do long to be loved. You, 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 you long to be loved by your community. And I would also suggest at some level, depending on where you are, you long to be loved by God. Love, divine. The universe. Number three, we learn to love, both give and receive. So our hearts long for this love, but we're going to learn to both give and receive it. And that this is a principle that we are just not taught. This is a, we are not like again we're not kids. We usually reflect how to give and receive love as we watch our parents or we watch our community as we grow up. But then again, some of us have grown up in some jacked up shit. I grew up uh, uh, a kid of divorced parents um, with all kinds of shenanigans, as you can imagine, uh, in divorce and a, a lot of things that I saw in love, air quotes. Um, didn't necessarily reflect the truth of what my heart was longing for. And as a result, I girded my, I undergirded myself with mechanisms. Uh, you know, I, I, I tried to be the funniest kid. I, I eventually found alcohol and, and was like, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's the ticket right there. That's the ticket. That's how I will give and receive love, through a bottle. So we have to learn to love, both give and receive, because it's not necessarily something that was just easily taught to by our parents or our community. So I'm with you. If you're out there in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s or you're in your 40s and you're married to a woman or you're married to a husband and you're having just a a hell of a time and struggling, um, most likely, most likely it's because those lessons of giving and receiving love weren't the best, which is okay. Uh, You can get through that stuff. Number four, the heart is designed to break. The heart is designed to break. Um, I get a lot of clients that call and say, I never want to be hurt again. And again, the bad news is, well, you will. And it's not a matter of guarding your heart. Now, I know people will reflect that scripture real quick, guard the heart. Well, we have to understand that this heart of ours uh, is a tool that gives and receives love. And in that, with that tool, there will be a breakage. And the breakage is designed, a real divine kind of design, if you will, to really undergird the idea of this learning to love. So if the heart doesn't break, we don't learn. If the heart doesn't break, we don't tend. If the heart doesn't break, there is no grace or mercy. If the heart doesn't break, forgiveness is not a, um, an applied science which really needs to be understood. But we just have to remember that. It is designed to break. Now, is it designed to break all the time? No. Are there ways to guard in that breaking? Sure, absolutely. I think there's good common sense and wisdom that will help you along your lines of heartbreak. But for the most part, I hate to tell you, I've been married 28 years. My wife has broken my heart numerous times. I have broken her heart more than numerous times. Um, Di and I are very honest about our, our marriage, and, and, you know, holy shit, y'all. I, I, I have broken her heart a few times really, really hardcore. But here we are. Here we are. Grace, mercy, forgiveness applied. 
and 20, at 28 years, we're doing okay. We're doing good. You know, um, we love each other. And in that love, we've learned how to give and receive in that breaking at times. Number five, ego and fear are absent of love and divinity. They are best friends, ego and fear, but they are not your friends. Number five, again, ego and fear are absent of love and divinity. Ego and fear are best friends, but they're not your friends. You have to remember that. The the real big undercurrent of my practice with folks is we is learning about what ego and what fear does. Fear keeps you out of the moment, out of the present. Ego then builds a nice fat mechanism and structure around that idea that you don't need to be present. Uh, ego says uh, you can be best. Ego says you can be alone. Ego says you can do things solo. Ego says you can things do alone. Ego says you'll be okay even uh, at the detriment of yourself. So to really understand ego and fear is a big, big deal as you enter into spiritual direction. Um, and as I uh, take in new clients, uh, you know, these are the things that we talk about. Number six, humans are aware of their stuff. Humans are aware of their stuff. I get criticized a lot for this one. Humans are aware of their stuff. Our relationship with God, community, and self is predicated on how willing we are to spiritually transform from said stuff. But I totally agree. We are conscious and we are aware. Uh, the criticism that comes back to me is, well, sometimes we're not aware. Listen, if you're an addict, if you're an alcoholic, and you're on the recovering side of the fence, you know damn well what the hell was going on. And I would say before your recovery, you knew what was going on even before your recovery. So the common sense of this is you got a brain, you use it to think, you also use it to act. You're not just simply doing things that you're absolutely void of conscious and void of awareness of. So, um, and I know there's at this point, right, if we really split hairs, I know there's a few people out there among society that probably really don't know what the hell they're doing. And those people need uh, an exorbitant amount of help, obviously. For the most part, though, you uh, know what the hell is going on. And if you want to transform from that thing, that stuff, uh, you really need to spiritually transform. You really need to find a God, a God, the God, a God of your understanding. Number seven, vulnerability is the key to spiritual transformation. You want to transform spiritually? You want to get in there and get awakened, awoke? You want to get in there and really challenge, um, you know, uh, the idea of who you are and the true self, vulnerability. Tell on yourself. Spill the beans. Now, again, we're not talking about billboarding your shit all over the city, but we are talking about grabbing up uh, spiritual direction, a mentor, a spouse, somebody, and really, really opening up the heart and vulnerability. Number eight, sorrow and joy, sorrow and joy by themselves will not lead to spiritual transformation, but will force the hand of willingness to change. So a lot of people have sorrow and joy, or a lot of people have just have some sorrow. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorrow. Or a lot of people have a combination uh, of both of them, or just, you know, feel incredible joy. But to really spiritually transform, you also need the willingness. So sorrow and joy are part of that package, but without the willingness to march forward, which you got to have, and willingness can be ambivalent at, at this point. You just need it. You just need to go, hey man, 
I need to change. And again, change, I, I don't even like the word change as much as I like transform because we're talking about your life's work. We're talking about stuff that you're always going to be doing. A lot of people come into kind of self-improvement technique, right? And there's like a finish line. There's a deadline. There's a step process. Well, I'm, I'm over here working, working on my you know, next level awareness. It's all bullshit. What we're talking about at the end of the day is a willingness to change. That's all you need, just a willingness. Number nine, people, places, and things will not make you happy. You've heard me say this a hundred times until I'm blue in the face. Tattoo this to your freaking face and then look in the mirror for an hour. People, places, and things will not make you happy. That's easy. Number 10, you cannot believe alone. You can't believe alone. You can't. You can't be an island with belief. You need people to mirror. People need you to mirror them. You need to mirror other people. We need people on this journey. And this is why spiritual direction is just so important for folks. Because at the end of the day, we need to walk with somebody to really tend and hold to the, to the moment of what's going on in our hearts. It's very valuable. Number 11, fel- faith. Felt. <laughs> you got a felt. We're talking about your felt right now. Faith will evolve or die. Pretty straightforward. You got a faith, it needs to evolve. How does it evolve? How will it evolve? Well, again, it's your willingness at the end of the day. If your faith, if you're if you've been in a faith for 20, 30 years and it hasn't made a, a movement, it's old, it's crusty, it's dying. Sometimes it takes a long time for it to die, but it'll die. So your faith will evolve. And quite naturally, too, if you stay willing willing to surface in a consciousness, to really look at the matters of the heart, to really be honest, right? To admit what's going on in vulnerability. Your faith is going to evolve, I promise. Number 12, wisdom is the applied science of spiritual direction. No wisdom, no spiritual direction. So again, when people come to me, if people say, oh, Jair, so wise, that's not necessarily the truth. <laughs> wisdom isn't, isn't you know, somebody's. <laughs> That's not it. Wisdom is. Wisdom is, a you know, the Bible refers to wisdom as a female for the record. So you go figure that one out. <laughs> it's why I'm always nice to the, to the wonderful women in the world. I know you got it right. Wisdom is the applied science, spiritual direction. Wisdom is the kind of stuff that when you hear it, you go, uh-huh, I, yep, that's it right there. I agree. And for the record, wisdom over there will be wisdom here. And wisdom here will be wisdom over there. So, you know, again, wisdom traditions and religions and, and, and all kinds of groups, like, you know, we, there's all kinds of great wisdom out there. Don't kill people. That'd be good wisdom. That's good wisdom. That don't kill people applies to a lot of other folks. Number 12, wisdom, well, no, sorry, number 13, last one. Last one in JR's uh, Principles of Spiritual Direction. And then you, you people can go about your day. I'm already over. I apologize. Number 13, spiritual maturity is the absence of duality, undefended, with nothing to prove and nothing to lose. Spiritual maturity is the absence of duality, meaning opposing forces, okay? Undefended, meaning you're not looking for a fight, with nothing to prove and nothing to lose, meaning a real freedom, a real constitution of knowing who you are. So if you're looking for a spiritual direction, you're also looking for that, that number 13 
a spiritual maturity. You're looking for somebody who's, who's not proven and convincing aside. You're looking for somebody that's not holding to a specific ideology or even theology at this point, I would say. Well, I want a Christian spiritual director. Okay, you want to talk about Jesus? That's great. I hope your spiritual director is wise enough to understand at some level. Understand at some level that God is much bigger than a single name or a single ideology or a, even a single theology. Okay, you know I love you. Uh, theme music is on, which is time to go. I'm at 32 minutes. Usually we roll on 30, but I love you, and I'm so glad you are backing on my passion. Or no, I'm so glad I <laughs> am backing on my passion. If you need a spiritual director, I'm your guy. Jr. at jrman.com, J-R at J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. Go to J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com for all of your wonderfulness. There's all kinds of resources and stuff there, too, if you want. If you're looking to retreat, if you want a three-, four-day uh, silent retreat or a, or a retreat that's uh, driven by spiritual direction, or you just want to just get away from the buzz and the noise of the digital world, we got a retreat house um, right here on the property that I'm speaking to you from full amenities uh it's a nice little house for you if you want it uh go to on my instagram what is it the retreat at ridgewood the retreat at ridgewood if you go on jrman.com you can also find uh some pictures and stuff like that but if you're looking for a retreat we'd be more than happy to help you and yes we do win a retreat i love you i'm done <laughs> i'm sick of myself at this point um we'll talk to you next time